I do really think that if we show people the metrics that matter, if we alert them and keep them aware of the things that will lead them to be more successful, that helps everyone. You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Brian Trotschold, co-founder and chief operating officer at Ambition. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing excellent. How are you, Ray? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Like a Monday in the UK, it's a little bit gray, but you know, we passed the hard winter where it's night at 3 p.m. So it's 3.06 p.m. and it's still <laughs> kind of sunny out there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so today cool. we... With you, Brian, we will be speaking about gamification, how to introduce gamification into your sales team and, and how can you benefit from it. But before we get started, would you mind giving us a little bit of background as to who you are yourself and who is your company, Ambition? Yeah, well, I'm one of the founders of Ambition. I'm currently the COO. Yeah, this has been an awesome journey for me. Like you said, we're a company that provides sales performance management software. We're trying to help Revenue teams get the most out of their reps, their people in whether that's customer facing sales, customer success, account management, and ultimately have those people enjoy their experience more. And so how I got to, you know, start this company and the inspiration was we were all sellers as well. We we kind of graduated college and came into the workforce basically during the 2008 financial crisis. So we had big dreams of what we were going to be. And in my case, I ended up doing inside sales for a global technology company. And what I found was that the way that they managed their teams, the way that they incentivized people, how they organized, you know, it it didn't feel modern. It didn't feel like it resonated with a lot of the young people like myself. And so for the last eight years, we've been trying to solve that. And the deeper we get into the space, the more opportunities and challenges we uncover that really impact how, you know, salespeople go about their day, how managers go about their day and how they feel about the work they do. Yeah. So do you do you solely focus focus yourself on inside sales and BDRSDRs or do you do you open up to the rest of the of the sales function? We we open up across the sales function. We really think about teams that have clearly defined metrics, a clear yeah. clearly defined process. That's obviously something that's useful in terms of how you track, measure, manage those expectations. We started certainly more focused on inside sales or even some cases like sales development and high velocity roles. But uh, what's interesting is, is over the last two years, especially as we've all become remote workers or, or you know, work from home cultures, it's kind of, I would say, it's brought everyone to a similar function. Everyone is really focused on you know, performance metrics, on checking people's pacing, making sure that folks have awareness to what's happening across the organization. And so, whereas, you know, maybe two or three years ago, someone would say, well, my enterprise sellers, that's an art. They're doing whatever they do. I'm not going to mess with their mojo or or their process. Now they kind of want to see how it's working and how effective it is and and what type of, whether it's weekly, monthly metrics they're doing and how they're performing to them. Of course. And do you focus on a specific industry? Because again, you mentioned that you started your career in, in, in the tech space, software space. So is that really where... You guys at Ambition are putting all of your effort or do you open up to other verticals as well? Yeah, we're, we're focused on more verticals. Actually, our first customer was in logistics. Logistics is, uh, you know, sometime now with all the supply chain crises around the world, it's, it's maybe in the forefront of our minds. But seven, eight years ago, it was kind of behind the scenes. And uh, we started there. We had an amazing customer that had 
really an incredible culture that they were managing and measuring almost exclusively on pad and paper and Excel, all manual. And we digitized that. We brought that into a, a real-time virtual world. And so, you know, we serve logistics, banking and finance, mortgage insurance, obviously tech and, and software, and even things like, uh, you know, people, we call them industrial, but sometimes those companies are, are really interesting to us because they're, they're typically less tech enabled than someone who's in software and is getting continually beaten down by sales pitches and, and people inbound calling to, to get their, their business. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we, 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 we can feel that. I mean, there is definitely a big surge of SDR, BDR, or sales development function in the, in the technology space, and, and particularly with the like of uh, COVID and pandemics and stuff like that, and events not being available to us, and you need to have new means to generate leads. And, and obviously, you know, one of the, the, the common things that people turn to is BDR, SDR. So we've seen a massive surge in, uh, in, in the B2B technology space, in the B2B software space. But, but let's get into the conversation. I've got a few more questions about, uh, you know, it's, it's always a, a, an interesting topic to, to see how we can motivate salespeople. But gamification, right? It's a bit of a buzzword. It means lots of things. Sure. I've seen lots of people pitching us about gamification and saying how oh, they could bring this, they could bring that. And, you know, some of it is really, is actually very fun. And it's actually not really related to commissions or money or a monetary kind of a monetary element that you would get as part of performing well. Some other are, you know, they call themselves gamification, but I don't really know if it's gamification. It's more like a point system. It's kind of a leaderboard type of thing. And there is really, you know, for a game, you need to win something. You need to have challenging and it needs to be a little bit more. So it's a bit of a buzzword. I think lots of people have different point of view about it. But let's say that we've got someone who is completely new to that topic today. They don't do a lot of gamification. They may have heard about it. They've not met the vendor that I've met. They don't, they're not in your space. So they don't really have an opinion. And they believe that their sales floor is already a competitive environment. Okay. So how would introducing gamification would benefit their team and their business? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great setup, right? Because I think a lot of more customers or more companies than we would, you know, than we would, we would actually guess out of the, the gate, don't know what gamification is. Like it is a total new thing. And, and even though maybe in our space and in technology or maybe you know, fast moving companies is something that we're aware of or thinking about. They just think about how is my person doing to quota attainment? Like what's their, are they on track for their commission plan? And that's enough gamification for them, right? Like that, they're, they're doing, you mentioned if they have a competitive sales floor, I think what's interesting is as we got into this space and we started to build our platform, you know, we were competing against people who are writing their numbers on a whiteboard or who are posting, you know, sales rep of the week by the coffee machine. And so that's really organic. Like that's classic sales. That's in, you know, every, you know, all of the maximums about our, our, our customers. I think what's interesting is over the last couple of years, people have become much more scientific is the way a lot of people would describe it, but they're, they're trying to have, you know, really streamlined revenue operations. They're trying to be very smart about how they build sales ops and go to market operations and using data and visibility to data to change behavior. And I think that's one of the things that we, in our space, I don't even want to talk about our product, but we, we really believe is going to have an impact on reps. You know, like I said, if we went into a, an industrial company or a Fortune 500 company four or five years ago and are trying to educate them about ambition, they would say, listen, Brian, we, our, our team has you know, a quota plan. They understand how the commission plan works. They know how to hit it. And everything else, they just need to go get it done. And if they don't, they're not going to be here. If they do, we're going to reward them. Well, 
that ends up happening is whether you're looking at that quarterly or more likely annually, everything's in the rearview mirror. It's all, or it's already in the past. And what you want in a, in a kind of forward thinking sales organization is you want to be looking out the windshield, trying to understand how can you impact behavior so that people will hit it. And, yeah. and, you know, that's whether it's their sales process or how their, their leads come into their funnel and then what they do with those leads. There's a whole series of conversion rates, right? And activities you do against those leads. You all know this very, very well. You want to track and measure all those things. And so ultimately we think about how do you stack up a series of, uh, you know, awareness about that, whether it's pure competition points, leaderboards, whatever, like the execution of it has to fit into the business and the culture of that workforce. But, but we see that changing a lot. I mean, I'm a Peloton rider, I ride Peloton every other day. Gamification right there. It's everywhere, right? Like I can't not see it. I use, you know, my Delta or or my airline points. Like I'm continually being, you know, notified and alerted and, and I act on those things. And so I I think there's a, yeah, I think there's a difference between the gaming side or like, you know, we're going to make, I don't believe in making work a game, but I do, I do really think that if we show people the metrics that matter, if we alert them and keep them aware of the things that will lead them to be more successful, that helps everyone that raises, that raises the baseline for everyone. And it gives them, I think more autonomy to make good decisions as a a sales rep or an account manager or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I could not agree more with you. The the uh, you, you've got peloton, so I don't I don't have a peloton because I've, I've got a gym literally ten minutes down the road. But at that gym, they they give you like an heart rate monitor, so something that you put around your chest and you go. Like, they've got sessions yeah. called blaze, which are like super hardcore session where you run, do weight, and you punch stuff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And God, did that make me competitive, right? <laughs> right. Because I, if I'm wearing that stuff, I want to burn the most calories in the room. I want to right. be in the red more than all the other guys in the room. I want to try harder. I want to be, you know, and it's maybe a little bit silly, but, you know, I, I think, and, and to take an analogy, one of the things that I wanted to mention to you through, through what you are saying, we, we are trying to implement gamification right now. And we've, we've had a few tries and, you know, we had hit and miss. I believe that you recognize performance through commission plan. Okay. You sure. encourage behavior through gamification. Okay. Someone trying hard and not eating their commission needs to feel good about doing the right things and trying hard. Gamification. Okay. So you can really turn with gamification. This is what we like about it. You could almost turn what technically is a down for the SDR BDR, something that would just kill their mojo, kill their mood, want them to go outside and walk for five minutes because they they had a bit of rejection or whatever into a positive. Okay. Doing things like, you know, I don't know, Let's say you get $100 commission for each meeting that you book or demo that you book or whatever it is, right? And you need to speak to, on average, you need to speak to, let's say, five people to get one demo, okay? So technically, what, what, you, what we try to reframe is like, well, look, that's really good in the gamification system. So that no is $20 in your pocket. You need yeah. to have another four to get one to say yes. So that's okay. You just made $20 by getting a no. Move on and get the next one or get a yes. And that's the sort of things that we, as you said, it's, you use Peloton. You don't want to, you, you, we probably won't never see you, you know, on the Tour de France and do that right. sort of things. But you <laughs> what, what gamification can help you to do is to compete in your league. And I think that's right. really important because when you've got a large sales team, like we've got, 
over 220, 230, we're losing count now of the SDR, BDR. Not everybody is equal. I can't compare right. someone who's been with us for three years. We know business inside out. We know our clients, the market inside out versus a newbie that got all the right skills, but it's just a little bit wet behind the ears. And it's, it's right. you know, six months expired. So you can't compare them. But often, the newbie will try to look up to those guys and, and compare themselves to them. So it's about also creating the subcategories for us where everybody at their stage can, can kind of compete with people at their level. And that's what we're trying to, we're trying to work on and find the right formula on at the moment because it's why you've got to be careful because people, you know, Defining leagues almost is can lead to people can lead to people thinking that you know there is a little bit of unfairness in the process. But going back to to, to my question and my line of uh, of question for today, you know, for the people who are using gamification, so let's say you've got companies like us that have been doing a little bit of it. We, we we've done a bit on our own, and I like the fact that you speak about whiteboard and employee of demands, and <laughs> we've done it all guilty. What are the methods that you think are working the best in terms of, of gamification? You know, is there a, a, an incentive that is more effective than another or, or a challenge that is more effective than another? What, what do you see working? What's cool at the moment? Yeah, well, that's a great question. You know, I think I would take it back because I think, uh, and I try to do this on, on podcasts or even in sales calls, like it, it's less about what's the incentive. It's experiences, I'd say, like if you're, if you're going to spend money on your employees, I'll, I'll break my rules. Then, then do things that they're going to remember. I think that oftentimes if you can give or gift or, or uh, award people something that is experiential, it could be as, as nice as uh, you know, a dinner with their partner. It could be a trip. They will, they will remember that. They'll internalize that differently than uh, here's a $250 Amazon gift card or whatever. That's, that's harder. That's more work. That's more mental energy. I think the bigger thing from a concept side that I think every company could be better at is you kind of mentioned it with like the metrics that you actually care about. How do you turn a negative of getting a rejection into something that kind of builds them back up so they don't have to go take that walk because they feel bad. They're like, that happens. Part of, part of playing whatever sport you play, if you play soccer, you miss shots. Shots are off, you know, they go off the post so that you miss a frame. Like, it's okay. You have to take more shots. It's good to get back in the game. You know, you can't allow right. to just think about it and get that in your mind. You've got to go back. You've got to almost zone it out. Right. It's part of the process, right? Like it's just going to happen if you take enough shots, you'll miss some. I think the thing that uh, every organization could do is zoom out, zoom out and understand, okay, here's what, here's the end result I want. I want this result for my sales rep, my BDR, whatever. Well, how do I break that into monthly or weekly or quarterly smaller sections. And so now I can give them some small periodic guideposts that we can build feedback off of and then zoom it one level, one level further back and say to hit those guideposts or hit those benchmarks, what do they need to do daily or weekly? And if you can do that and you kind of build up this, this framework of measurements, now you can continually have really good positive feedback things because you know, if the commission plan is the end all be all, which is great, the incentives, the incentives all have to be aligned. Well, how do you give them the most feedback like that, that altimeter on your, uh, that you're wearing at the gym? How do you know if you're doing well or not continually? Cause like you want to have that, that feedback to be quick. You want it to be present and available. And so I think that those are the mindset that a leader of sales, a revenue leader, a sales ops person should be thinking about so that, uh, 
the last thing you want, and it's still extremely common is day in, day out, a sales rep is making calls, doing demos, whatever. They don't really know if they're doing well or not. They're kind of like, you know, I, I hope this deal closes because I'm getting paid on that deal, but they need to be, you know, having better awareness to their better insights to how they're doing. And I think that's repl replicable almost everywhere. I haven't seen a yeah. sales process where you can't, where you can't kind of zoom out and understand the whole flow. Yeah, what we've seen and, and what we try to do also is to uh, uh, one of one of our big problems is it's always the problem, you know, in the sales team. You 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 run a sales team and the feedback is, oh, there is not enough training. That's why we can't be successful. And then you put right. all the training and nobody's using it, right. <laughs> and nobody gets on it. And then yeah, but it's too long now. So like, oh, come on. So there is no, you know, it's it's always a. It's never good or bad. It's always a, it's always a, a good excuse to ah, not complain. I should not use that sort of uh, it's very negative, but it's a bit, it's a bit like um, it's difficult to get it right. And 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 what we like, and and we've been using a LinkedIn Learning a, a fair amount, and they do that as well. You've got badges, you know, you could put stuff, you got things, you you win things, you've got badges, you level up, and, and I think this is something that is is working well. And the point that I'm trying to make is that you almost, uh, you, to take your analogy of sport, you, you almost want to also recognize and do gamification when people are training, not yeah. just when they are playing the game in front of 50,000 people. Okay. We're so, huge. so it's, it's, it's about, you know, because lots of people don't do that. They just think they can wing it or whatever. So how do you actually get them to through gamification, give them reward for doing role plays that nobody wants to do. It's absolutely right. horrible to do role play with your colleague, but it's kind of important if you are new, it's so cool. Nobody like it. So you need, it's almost like, in a way, how do you make the things that nobody wants to do a little bit more fun through gamification? But one question that I've got for you, because we, we found it even more complex. So gamification, you know, whiteboard, employee of the month on the coffee machine, all that sort of great stuff, as you mentioned, that was pretty cool when everybody was in the office. Okay. Yeah. So now we've got people absolutely everywhere. And, and that's, has two impact, I think, on, on, on what we are doing and what we are rethinking. Number one, sometimes we are not seeing the right attitude anymore. What's the right attitude? Is the right attitude someone banging 300 calls a day or sending right. thousands of emails a day? Maybe not. That's maybe not doing the right thing, okay? So how do we see what they are doing? You know, if, if you have a team of 10 people and you are sitting at the end of the desk and you see them all day, you can pretty much give them points for doing things physically there and then it's relatively easy, right? But when they are at home, we find it very difficult. So I, I guess the question that I've got for you is, is a two-sided question. Number one is, how have you guys, you know, adapted to that work from home type of mentality, which is slightly different from SDR, BDR, because usually we put them in the, in the same room. And, and number two is, do you have any, for audience, do you have any like recommendation in terms of software or, 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 or cloud SaaS model that people could use? So not only you keep track of the stats and the gamification, but also, you know, you can communicate with people as to who is winning what, what what's happening. And sorry, yeah, it's absolutely. a very, it's a mouthful of a question, but. You hit on, a, I think you, you basically described the challenge that, that we seek out for with a prospect or a customer. Like that is, that is why you need a losing your, we were, we sold so much to organizations that had that everyone in the same room, TVs on the wall, scoreboards everywhere. Like that was our customer three years ago. And 
And we were lucky that we had built all of these tools for remote work before that. But it's the best thing that happened to our business ever was that all those people, like you said, went everywhere. They're working from home or they're working from like Kat, who we talked to at the beginning of the call, working for them, you know, skiing somewhere. Like that is the new... Don't, that don't, is the new don't say that, Brad. No, the next thing is that all, all the employees of operatics will send me like emails and stuff. So I always Kat is walking from the slopes, you know, all <laughs> the sorry. skiing again. That's right, sorry. that's right. She gets special uh, treatment because she achieved 200% of our target last year. So that's fine. There you go. Uh, that's that's good gamification. That's great. Like that's a, there you go. It's that's great. rewarding the right things. I think um, you, you need a system in place that you can set specific goals with specific timelines and measures and, and provide accountability. You know, I think we talk a lot about rewards, recognition, incentives. Part of it is just accountability. You know, yeah. are you are you putting in the right amount of training hours, like you said? Are you doing the things that will make you a good seller, service person, support person, whatever? Because you mentioned the crux of it is, and this is why we we've, we've spent two or three years of our product really building out our coaching suite because it's about effectiveness more than it's just more than about you know productivity. When I say productivity, I mean more, 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 more. There's a top end of where more is no longer good. Like you said, if someone needs to make 300 calls a day, that's probably means they're not very effective on the calls that they're making. There's probably a good sweet spot in there where they're making good calls, having high quality conversations to the right type of lead. And so you want to measure that effectiveness. And I think ultimately what we, what we strive for, you know, to, to go back to part of that question is, providing a system that that puts the right insights about performance whether it's productivity effectiveness consistency quality into the hands or or surfacing them to the right person at the right time sometimes that's the rep sometimes the rep just needs to know you're off track sometimes it's their manager needs to know they did something amazing or they may need some help some training sometimes it's the ceo and you're like hey to use cat cat just did this incredible deal or really did this thing that's far and away outside the normal so you so let's make sure that ray knows so that he can you know send a message or give her a call and say hey i just saw this, this is incredible like those are the things that become you need a system to do that because you don't have time you, i don't have time consistency as well i mean you you can do it we try to do it but being consistent at it yeah and if, the info, if you start to do it and the information is not flowing consistently, then you'll have John that feels fantastic because at the last all-ends meeting, he had a little yeah. mention about him and all his friends were looking at him in the office and kind of clapping and stuff, you know, while they're on mute. But Pamela, next month, that did exactly the same stuff, if not better, but the information got, didn't get to me or no, to someone else. And they're like, right. why am I not getting a mention? That's, that's a great and point. you absolutely kill their mojo when you do that. And it's difficult because you know, there is that expectation someone from sometimes from staff. And and it's fair. You know, I mean, obviously we should know about everything, but technically, if you're the CEO of a company or if you're the, you should know absolutely everything and you should it's impossible. You it's can't impossible. you can't get all the information, you can't know the performance of all the people. And it also depends on the team. You've got some teams where the manager is really vocal about their people, you've got some other teams where they are less vocal. So it's about getting that consistency. So I do agree with you at having a platform that helps to get the consistency, the information flowing. So everybody's treated equal is very important. Because if that is not a game, you know, if you're not treated equal in a game, it's, it's not fair. Like it just it becomes, bad. yeah, it goes bad. It goes, 
it goes better. And so, so how do you do that? So, so do you plug behind the CRM system? I'd like to understand a little bit more about oh, yeah, the sure. cogs, the backends. Yeah, I was, well, I was trying to, you know, didn't know how deep we want to go into it. But yeah, so we're, we're syncing directly with the CRM. So in most cases, that's, that's Salesforce or similar Microsoft Dynamics. So we're pulling in not just the end results, which could be closed one deals or revenue. We're syncing with acceleration tools that could be, you know, everything from, you know, the telephony system, like how they make the calls or, or outreach or sales loft or some of these great tools that help you kind of do more automated cadences, you know, conversation intelligence, revenue intelligence. Training is a huge integration for us now with folks like Seismic or Lessonly or Highspot. So getting awareness to all of the things these, these teams are doing, these revenue-facing teams or customer-facing teams. So then you get a 360-degree view of all the things that are happening, and you can create that those expectations, the accountability of what do you expect from these people? You probably expect a whole series of metrics. And the manager feels empowered because, you know, ignore ambition. If you're a manager, you've got Salesforce, you've got probably Tableau, you've got Outreach, you've got Lessonly, you've got Gong. Now you've got six systems and you're like, where am I supposed to look to find out how my people are doing? Do I look at, you know, I'm probably looking at one thing because I don't have time to look at all of it. I'm probably just going to look at how many deals they close one in Salesforce. And that's the only thing I can pay attention to. You need a system that brings it all together and ends up giving you context to, are they doing well versus their goals? Are they doing well to their peers' goals? You talked about it before. You've got a whole organization that's really a bell curve from super experienced, effective people to new people trying hard to people who may be actually not very effective and need to be trained. They need context of that. And it's very difficult for a manager or a sales leader to, to crystallize all that. So that we give them that system. We're pulling the data that we're, we're manipulating it so they can see that performance. And then we're sending alerts out when, when things are on schedule, off schedule, on target. And then we give them tools to go, you know, create an employee of the month type thing or create a special incentive or competition around very intentional metrics that they want to drive behavior toward. So ultimately we give them awareness and then we give them levers to pull to change behavior. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So something that I want to come back on quickly, because I think you, you really need something that was interesting, is the $200 Amazon voucher. You know, I, I think there is nothing worse than a non-personal gift. You know, like I yeah. don't care that you've done something kind of okay, but I can't be bothered to get to know you. I can't be bothered to, to kind of know what, what, what rock your boat. So here is something and go and knock yourself on Amazon because, you know, you can buy some toothbrush or whatever you want. Right. How much of that do you think is important in the process? Because this is what I think makes, from my perspective, the, 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 that personalization, and it's difficult, right? The bigger the team, the, the, the more difficult it is. But trying to find something that will be meaningful for the people to create those, mem those moments, because I, I like your sort of process. You spoke about, you know, the, the meaningful and then create those moments, things that they can remember and, and create a sort of like emotional, that, that emotional tie with the, with the company. So is that something that you guys work on with your system? I mean, do you have like different type of things that you offer to people? I mean, do, do you support your clients in, in personalizing because that's tough as well. Yeah, that's really tough. I'll, I'll be honest. We do that by integration. So we don't end up being the, 
redemption of that. I think that that's ultimately on the manager. And, and what you're talking about, though, is really key in terms of when you are delivering rewards or incentives. Because, you know, we talk about this all the time, and there's, there's really good research on this. Reps or, or employees often leave a manager. They're typically not leaving the company. So if the, if the relationship between the, the manager and the individual is not great uh, or is broken, that's when they leave. And it's, it is challenging. And it's a, it's a continual thing that I think managers have to get better on of, you know, what motivates Ray? What motivates Kat? Is it, is it skiing? Is it time off? Is it, you know, the ability to, you know, jump off work at 3 p.m. What, you know, whatever. It could be, yeah, it could be, it could be lots of things. I agree with you. It's, it's, It's just, it does depend so much from people. We'll have some people who probably would love to have a Michelin star restaurant experience. Some others would want to go in an helicopter over London. Some others yeah. would want to go to a, a basketball game to see the Mavericks, hopefully winning against someone in that's the US. That's a long trip for you all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, <laughs> it's, a- you, you've got, it's, it's always, a, I, that's what I've done the last time I went to Dallas. I managed to go to, to one of the game. And uh, yeah, but not because I want anything. You know, it's, that's the thing. Everybody's got their own thing. Some people may just want a couple of tickets for a concert, you know, and that's, I think, is really meaningful because the, the, the impact of that is also you have to wait for it to happen. You think about it and you've got to find someone else to come with you. So you've got to think about all the ramification of, right. of that sort of things. Um, and, and it's a tough one. It's a tough one because even for us, we try to be very personal. So you're, you're bringing up something that I think, you know, we call this coaching and when we talk about how to create consistent coaching. And I'll be honest, I think a lot of organizations, this is one of the, the things that I think will change in the next few years. Uh, I'll try to wrap this up quickly because I know we're going to run out of time, but you know, we do this really well for our prospects. We, we keep all this information on them in, in Salesforce or, or whatever CRM we're using. We know the last time we talked, we know what we talked about. I, I kept a note of Ray likes the Dallas Mavericks, blah, blah, blah. And like, we do that with, with prospects. If you ask most organizations how they do that with their people, they'll be like, well, I don't know. We talk every two weeks or I talk to them every day in Slack. And, you know, I know, I know Ray, but like, I don't remember what is the, I don't remember his band. I don't remember his team. And so like the notes end up living, you know, on a legal pad somewhere, or they're like, you know, in email or whatever, they're not in a system. And, and so what we built with our coaching product is that. So like every one of those one-on-ones or performance reviews or check-ins between a rep and a manager, like that gets stored and they can, they can revert back to that meeting from four weeks ago. And he was like, Oh, he told me he went to go see a basketball game. I don't remember what it was. And I go see, Oh, it was the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, cool. cool. I'm going to take that note. And I think that employee, we call it customer, you know, relationship management. Like I think that employee management of those relationships is key. And then you also combine that with, performance trends over time and you say oh when i ran a certain type of contest or an incentive did ray did he really like did anything change or was that just something that he like ignored he doesn't care about that okay cool I'll, I'll remember that is it when i set a personal challenge for him where i say hey man this is just between you and i i just want to see if you can go do this thing in the next month oh he responds to that type of thing cool like i'm gonna i would now notice that i'll remember that and so I think that's where we're going with this, this space and with, with us as a, a specific company where it's not just one size fits all, one incentive fits all. It's more of a personalized, smarter approach. Yeah, that makes sense. We train concept of uh, well, Sir Clive Woodward, which is the, the, the team um, 
the team ships. I don't know if you're familiar with Sir Clive Woodward, but he's basically a British guy that was the, he took on the, the coaching for all the rugby team, the, the UK rugby team. They were not doing well and they went on to win the World Cup. So they very well. And then since that, he was, he was basically the head of the, the Olympics when the Olympics came to London. And I was one of the best ever year for, or best ever Olympic for UK athletes in terms of gold medal and everything. So obviously someone who's very good at getting the most of people. And he's got that yeah. concept of teamship, which is, well, get them to set the rules. Yeah. Get the team to set the rules. Ask them what they think we should look at. They have a comp plan that already speak about the performance. Don't want to hear about that. What are the right. other things that are important? And your gamification, you could get to a point every day because you are punctual. You turn right. up on time in the office and you get minus five points if you turn at 9, 13, self 9, for example. But if it's coming from the team and they're defining the rules, usually they are better to for people to adhere to them. The second thing that we, we, we're also looking at, and, and maybe something, I don't know if you, you do it with your solution, is um, get the other way around. So basically, it's the team that give the leadership team a challenge. Yeah. Or a game, or you know whatever it is, but it's, it should be a challenge. So you basically go to the team and say, give us a challenge. What we, we challenge you all day long about your stuff. Challenge us. Think about it. Come up with a challenge, and we're going to take it, and we're going to have fun about it. You know, and that's that's yeah. sort of sort of thing that again, it's not, it's not the or you've got all the other things about commission plan and everything. But I think when it comes to the top, and the top is happy to go to the people that are you know working and they look up and say, so it's always me, they manage me and everything. Else. No, you give me a challenge. What can yeah. I do for you? What do you think I can do for you? It would be absolutely outstanding. Like for me in my shoes, what right. can I do? And what's my time frame to do it? Let's be realistic. Let's pick up, and and that's kind of cool because you end up having a little bit of fun. And from my personal point of view, this is how you get to know people because they will, you know, you have this conversation slightly outside of the business. And some of them may, may have some ideas that are a little bit crazy. So you, you may have to tame them a little bit, but some of them may come up with some concepts that are quite fun. And in fact, then you go and do it, you make it a little bit public. And, and it shows that, you know, you are also ready to take a challenge. Yeah, it's not absolutely. just you giving responsibility to people. So that's, that's, that's also something pretty cool that we are doing. But unfortunately- that's great. Yeah, I mean, you know, we try to uh, lead by example and, uh, and 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 have a bit of fun because you know I think it's you know we speak about gamification. We can't speak about gamification without speaking about fun. You know, it's, it's, it should be fun. Yeah, it should be fun. But thank you so much for your insight, Brian. We're getting to the end of uh, of allocated time. We try to keep it relatively short, short, so uh, so people can just listen to us to us on their commute. If anyone wants to carry on the conversation with you, Brian, or get in touch with Ambition, what's the best way to get hold of you? Yeah, we're easy to find. We're ambition.com. Love to connect with you all. We have tons of resources if you're trying to uh, change what you're doing, learn more about sales coaching, gamification, performance management. I'm happy to connect with folks on LinkedIn. Please find me, Brian Troutschold, as well as Twitter. So love to connect. And once again, Ray, I really appreciate you having me on. This is an awesome conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to have you on. Cheers, Brian. Thank you. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.